Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 105th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week, we're catching up with Josh Flickinger, the newly appointed manager of media and public relations for the Beloit Skycarp. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to all the older episodes. There's 104 great Great episodes. Something back there for everyone, I promise. Guys, we need more shout-outs this year in 2022. Um, best way to get one, drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. We're stuck at 37 right now. Um, we do have a 5.0 rating, uh, but would love to get some more comments and ratings. That helps drive us up the charts a little bit. Uh, turns more people into listeners and members of the TARP crew. Make sure to follow the designated Twitter account for the podcast at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast, and that's where you can also reach out about becoming a guest. And if you have any businesses uh, that are looking for a unique sponsorship, that's where they can reach out as well. And if you really want to, you can also follow me personally on Twitter at it's R A Coon. That's I T S R A C O O N. I haven't tweeted it out in a while, but we do have merchandise. You can now get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. I know I've been giving the stickers out to a lot of my buddies. Um, but yeah, you can purchase them for, um, pretty, pretty inexpensive. I forget the exact cost right now, but, um, but everything's pretty inexpensive. Um, there is a link tree in the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter bio, or you can go to tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Uh, that's where you can find all of the merchandise there for the Pulling Tart Podcast. With all that being said, folks, let's chat with Josh Flickinger. Josh, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. And welcome back to MILB. Congrats on being named the manager of media and public relations for the Beloit Skycarp. Bobby, it is a pleasure to reconnect with you after some some years apart. We, um, for those that don't know, and we'll certainly get into it, but I was the sports editor, the uh, the co-sports editor at the Beloit Daily News during Bobby's time with the Snappers. So, um. Boy, we saw a lot of each other for a lot of summers and had a great time together. And so it's it's great to see you. I know you're out of the game now, but but doing great. And uh, and I'm happy to be back in full time. Definitely. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man. As soon as I saw the news, I was like, I gotta get Jay Flick back on the pod. Um, 
man. Yeah. I mean, basically ever since I got out of the industry with an exception of like three months, this podcast has been going your episode number one Oh five. So that's so cool, man. That's so great. Yeah. I've listened to many of them. Too. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun because you get people from every walk of baseball life from owners down to assistant groundskeepers. Not that they're at the bottom, but just saying like the range. Right. Right. Really cool stuff. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So what made you want to get back in the industry after so many years working for the Beloit Daily News? You worked in baseball from 2000 to 2004, right? That's what I saw on your LinkedIn. I knew it's been a while, but yeah. But yeah, what... yeah, I did. Yeah. I did, Bobby. I was, I was the PR director and media relations director for the Greensboro Bats at that time. Of course, they're the Grasshoppers now, and now they have this beautiful, vibrant new downtown stadium. Back when I worked there, we worked in a place called War Memorial Stadium, Bobby, that was built in, I kid you not, 1912. It was nice. older than Wrigley Field. Okay. And not a lot of renovation, but it was this really cool place with all this history. Mickey Mantle played there, you know, Ooh. all this amazing stuff. And, um, and, and so I did that for four years, and then my wife and I moved back home. We're both from this area. And so I got out of baseball and um, worked a couple jobs and then eventually hooked on with the Daily News. And so um, I worked there for at the Daily News for 10 years, absolutely loved what I did. Um, the newspaper industry, Bobby, as you well know, is, is not what it used to be. And there's a lot of uncertainty. We've had, a, we've had an ownership change, or they had an ownership change at the Daily News, and there was a lot of turnover that went with that. And so you're unsure of what the future might hold there. And to be quite honest with you, if this were the, still the Beloit snappers at Pullman field, switching careers back into baseball and to work in that situation, I would not have done. Right. However, as we discussed before we went on the air, it is a whole different ball game now um, that Quint Studer has taken over and really, um, you know, revitalize the franchise. And of course it goes without saying having a brand new ballpark in downtown makes a huge difference. And, um, I've always loved the snappers organization under Dennis, you know, this under yeah. Dennis Connerton and the various GMs that ran the team throughout the year. I got along with great with everyone. Um, but this is just a whole different level of, you know, sophistication and technology and, um, and and you know just reaching out to the fans it's it's going to be a great year and i'm I'm excited to join this guy garb yeah yeah i mean when i had quinn studer on the podcast i knew like <laughs> the team was going to be a lot different as far as the front office you know the, the way things were ran you know that kind of stuff um a small piece of my heart will always be at pullman field though that that's for sure well, Bobby, I mean, I, my, my Pullman Field story and, and those who know me know it well, cause I tell it a lot, but I met my wife at Pullman Field oh. the first day I was an intern, um, in May of 1998. Uh, I met her, she was, uh, like, uh, she was on break from, uh, you know, home from, from college and was a member of like the, what they used to have when they didn't have when you were there. But when we used to draw fans to Pullman Field, <laughs> they had a wait staff. Okay. Um, that would go around to the box seats and take orders and bring food. And so that's what she did. So I met her, um, you know, can, can still remember that. And, you know, eventually, you know, we started dating, got married and 24 years later, here we are. So, um, 
a huge part of my heart will always be at Pullman Field. And I have spent so much time there taking my kids there and, you know, they would just have the run of the place. You know, they'd come home. I'd I'd bring three or four of them to the game with me, sneak them in the back gate. Sorry, Bobby. (laughs) And, um, you know, they'd come home with literally a dozen foul balls, right? Because they'd go after every one of them and, and you know darn well, Bobby, on some of those nights, you'd go there. And that these aren't necessarily the nights that I took my kids, but, um, you know, I went there on some cold Tuesday nights in April. And there was, there was literally 30 or 40 people in stands. Yeah. And that's including the scouts. Yeah. So you are talking about just it, it it was unbelievable that professional baseball was being played and and that and that kids that had made um a thousand you know a multiple million dollars in signing bonus were now dressing in and showering in the decrepit pullman field locker room <laughs> it, we were only 60 miles away from miller park but i always like to say you couldn't have been farther from a major league atmosphere right but i loved it I, I mean it was great yeah loved it. i tried my freaking hardest man to get fans into that stadium um for one yes. re- for one reason or another i mean the the midwest winters uh, oh. i mean spring doesn't start until june let's let's face it that's right um yeah and the fact that we were a full season team didn't help the marketing budget that i had to trade tickets and food vouchers yes. and stuff for um that didn't help out either, um, but it was it was still memories. Lots of memories were made there. Um, so, yeah, we we tried our best. That's for sure. But I would have well, let I would have let you and your kids in. Players. I mean, you think about that. You don't have to go back far in history. That 2013, you were there in 13, right? Yeah, Bobby? yeah. I mean, you had a you had a major league infield. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. All four of those guys went out, and then Chapman came in at the end for you know a six week stay. And but you know guys like Matt Olson, and you know some of them didn't fare as well with Nunez and um, and and Daniel Robertson's kind of been up and down. But I mean, that team was amazingly talented and and almost won the title, as you remember, yep. made it to the playoffs and made a little run there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, some really talented guys came through, but it was, it was just, um, you know, we are the smallest market in minor league baseball right now. So there are, regardless of the facility, there are always going to be challenges that, that we have to work through in order to make this a success for sure. And, and weather is one of those challenges without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, so what was your favorite memory of covering the snappers all those years? Oh man. Um, you know, there were a lot of great ones. I'd say, you know, my favorite was that, that 2013 team where those guys, as you know, were just really good guys. Yeah. Olsen and Bostic and Ryan Matthews. Remember him? He was just a super guy and everybody was just really welcoming and it didn't matter whether it was like the, you know, the 25th guy in the roster or a guy like Olsen who you knew was just destined for stardom. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just going into the going into the locker room and 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 getting those getting those interviews and doing features on those guys. I did a long post- podcast with Bostic. I remember in the GM's office. I think it was Seth at that time. Seth Blowen. Okay. Um, so it was just it, that was my favorite year. But um, you know, my favorite you know my favorite memories are are more just you know taking my kids there on Sunday afternoons and. 
and watching them have fun and chase foul balls all around the stadium and um you know you know going home with a dozen of them if there were a group of four or five you know going in the parking lot and chasing them there even though they weren't supposed to climbing fences <laughs> it's just you know all those great stories but um we also had a lot of laughs in the press box yes i mean i didn't spend a ton of time there because i was getting pictures and stuff like that early in the game right because <clears throat> lord knows the daily news didn't have a staff photographer you kind of had to do everything just like you had to do everything bobby on the staff yeah. I mean, uh your your duties were wide-ranging and so were mine but um but once it got to be the seventh or eighth inning i'd settle in up there with with you and uh, Ryan Christofferson and yep. uh, Keener or Scott Huffman or Jaron Bertelson would come up there. And, and we had, a we had a lot of laughs. I'm not sure a lot of those stories are suitable uh, no. for the uh, pulling tarp podcast. Probably not. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, there was, I'll tell one in particular. And this, this, this is a, this is a great Bobby Coon story too. Oh boy. So it's late. It's, it's late. There's, I, it might have even been extra innings. We were all a little little punch drunk at that point. Yep. And it, towards the end of a long homestand, everybody just wants the game over. There's 35 people in the stands. And um, there was a, a visit to the mound. So the walk-up music of this particular player went a little bit long. And there was a, uh, there was a curse word involved mm -hmm. uh, that was audibly over the loudspeaker. <laughs> I said, Bobby, I, I think I just... I think I just heard a swear word, and you're just like, it's normally the the thing didn't play that long, right? Right. Like eight second clip, and then you're done. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. And it was it was a little longer than normal, and that caused me to Google the lyrics of <laughs> this particular song, half of which I had no understanding of the reference. There was a llama involved. Yep. I had to I had to go straight to Urban Dictionary <laughs> to figure out what a llama was. <laughs> And so we had a just a, 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 a the rest of the season joking about you know bringing an alpaca to the ballpark yep. and, and various references there. It's just a lot of fun, man. Oh yeah, that was that was really funny. Um, if if the stands were full, you might not have heard that, but they in fact were not at this point, um, and. I will tell you this, if I recall correctly, that was, oh, my buddy Emmett Ackerman. Do you remember him? Yes. He he followed me to Delmarva. I put in a good word for him, and he, and he worked for two or three years in Delmarva, too. Um, but so he he was the one that always texted me when players wanted to change their walk-up songs. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure... Of course, because there's only one audio computer um, in the press box. I'm pretty sure he texted me while gates were already open. Yes, and, I remember this story, yes. And I I always, instead of, because I was cheap, the, the franchise was, was cheap at that time, um, I always downloaded music illegally. I converted YouTube to MP3, and... I, yep. it was, it said, YouTube said it was the clean version and I didn't have time to, you know, unplug the aux cord, listen to it back, edit it, whatever. I just downloaded it and I, and I went with it. I was like, all right, I'll trust YouTube. It says it's clean. And it in fact was absolutely not. So, um, that's how that went. <laughs> 
Uh, we still talk about that and my group friends to this day, man. It was it was so funny and and uh and yeah, it's just one of those things that happens in the course of um a long summer where you're just kind of at the end of your rope, you're overworked, you're underpaid, and there are certain yeah. things that you almost have to let slide because you can't simply you simply can't get to everything. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely, <laughs> you definitely can't get to everything. It's, but yeah, I was in Beloit. I was probably at the stadium. There was no budging on the nine a.m. thing, um, and if we had to pull tarp or or something like that, I was there until at least twelve, one a.m. sometimes. Um, but I, I I wouldn't trade it for the world. That was some of my best days, honestly. Um, but yeah, I really, I really do miss the industry. But um, let's see here. Um, tell us what your new role with the Sky Carp is going to consist of. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's the funny thing is it's a lot of the similar things that I did in Greensboro from two thousand to two thousand four, <laughs> with the biggest difference being them the method of my delivery is so different. So. I'm still writing press releases. I'm not faxing them anymore, Bobby. Okay. <laughs> we don't have the we don't have the group fax set up. You know, we've got of course our social media accounts and email and and you're doing that kind of thing and and social media is such a critical avenue to reach your fans as you well know. And so Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter of course and we're getting into TikTok, I'm going to have to consult my teenage kids um, so they can give me some good advice on TikTok because it is a great way to reach younger fans in particular. The Facebook uh, group is more for, you know, older fans. Right. Twitter can kind of go all over the place, but um, Instagram definitely skews younger, although that's, I think, even changing. But but Mm -hmm. TikTok is really where, you know, where the kids are these days yeah gotta tap into that there's lots of fun creative stuff that you can do on tiktok and i know other teams are doing it so i gotta kind of look into that and delve a little deeper but we want to debut some really fun stuff this summer so yeah it's you know it's writing press releases generally promoting the team doing player appearances mascot appearances um you know all that sort of thing around the you know getting in touch with the community and making our name as as vibrant as it can be, you know, among Beloit and, and even into Janesville and, and Rockford, um, because, like I mentioned, you know, we are, we are the smallest market in baseball, and if we really want to have great success here in Beloit, we're going to need to pull from more than just Beloit. Yes. Beloit alone won't sustain us and allow us to be super successful, but if we can get into and we can draw from Janesville, which is only 20 minutes away, and we can draw from Rockford, which is only 20 minutes away, then we can really, you know, we can really have a great success. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It was it was tough to, to hit those markets um, yes. back, back when I was there. I mean, obviously now you have a, a new stadium, a new brand to, to market, so that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, personally, I am not on the TikTok yet. I think I'm going to have to at some point. My wife just keeps on sending me TikTok. And then teams are doing great things on TikTok, too. So I got to yeah. gotta figure figure that out. I'll, I'll make an account here one of these days. I don't know if I'll post anything, but I'll at least 
you know, look yeah. at other teams' TikToks and stuff like that. Absolutely. I I can't imagine because Instagram wasn't wasn't a thing like when I was in Beloit. I mean, when I was mm-hmm. with Delmarva, it, it it certainly was. Um, but I can't like I was I had my hands full with the email newsletters, the Facebook and Twitter. Um, I can't imagine having to do instagram and tiktok on on top of that um so right hey but technology is our best friend now so it is it is and there are ways to do it and and i think the main thing that you look at when it comes to kind of the way things have evolved and changed in beloit is we have the staff to where i'm not having to do a hundred other things right right? i mean this is like (laughs) you know I've got a lot of support, you know, in other areas where maybe, you know, I'm not doing any sales, whereas okay. everybody sold back in the day, yeah. you had to, to sustain. So, um, you know, it's just things like that, that allow, you know, that allow you to, to do your job effectively. Yeah. Yeah. You, you won't be cleaning and stocking the concession stands at the end of yep. the night. You won't be sweeping the yep. stands. Um, so, so yeah, I, that that's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm excited for you. Absolutely. Um, so before before you made the jump, you were with the Beloit Daily News for a long time. What were your initial thoughts of the reband, a rebrand from the Snappers to the Skycarp? Well, remember, Bobby, too, that I had a long history with the Snappers and, yep. and, and love the name. Um, so I don't know if I was a huge fan of changing it. Um and then when they did, you know, when they had the, the list of finalists, I will say that Skycarp was the one that stuck out to me. Um, but I think I was a lot like a lot of a lot of fans initially where it was like the cheese balls and the supper clubbers and the what are we doing here? And the snappers was great. I mean, it took me a couple weeks to kind of get used to it. But you have to look at it as a as a whole thing here. You, you know, even when I long before I was with the team, you have to understand that there's a marketing and a rebrand. Like we kind of want to start from scratch here. <laughs> you know, not that the Snappers had a bad reputation, but you have a certain expectation of what the presentation was going to be when you went to a Snappers game. Well, now you're going to a Skycarp game, and it's a completely different experience. You're at right. a new ballpark. You've got a, you know, a huge video board in left field. You've got these interaction, interactive games. You've got, um, you know, unbelievable food and beverage uh, opportunities. So it's just, it's, you know, that's the, those were the snappers and that was great. And now we're the sky carp and that's great too. And the other thing that really flipped me was the gear is really cool. Yeah. I don't know if you've been um to our our gift store online um but there's some really cool stuff and i dropped a couple hundred bucks already in the in ours to, to outfit myself and the family um and because there's really cool stuff and, and they did a great job with the not only the primary logo but like the secondary logos that they got got about 100 different hats and stuff that you can get and so um they've done a great job overall with the rebrand and i i think that that people have kind of gotten used to it over time we're not seeing the blowback that certainly the team did when they announced it i mean i remember as a as a reporter just looking at their twitter mentions yeah and they were just getting blown up Mm -hmm. you know and and people did not like it but we don't really hear that much 
much and I think people really like the gear and they'll get they'll get used to the name and even though it's a little bit unique and some people will always love the snappers and prefer that people people will get out and you know they'll experience what the what the sky carp is all about what the organization is all about now and, and pretty soon they'll they'll get used to that name and they'll be fine yeah I I agree the gear is pretty sweet um the colors I really like the colors yes and you guys are keeping snapper Sundays I think that's a nice compromise honestly um and bob is now the the director of merchandise um and bob is the last man standing do you do you remember so before he ever worked for the team i gave him a a press credential to be in the press box he was writing for i can't remember it was some blog or website um about the minor leagues um so so yeah now and now he's running the merchandise um there at the new stadium so it's pretty good and he does a great job too he's he's kind of the mastermind he worked in retail forever so he's got a real eye for okay for stuff and it does a great job in the store and and um and awesome. you know getting all new stuff we're like new stuff because of <clears throat> supply chain issues we're like everybody else you know he's like yeah i ordered this about seven months ago and it's finally coming in so we're getting new stuff a lot a lot it's awesome that's awesome that's awesome. Um, yeah, I still I still sport my my snappers gear all the time. Um, yeah, and and people always comment about the logo. They're like, "Oh, that's a sweet logo!" Like, where's that from? And I was like, "Hey, it was right. a team I used to work for in Wisconsin, and and all that." And um, and yeah, I I really love that you guys are keeping the the snappers Sundays. My out of the the ones that were left, I really wanted the supper clubbers. I don't yep. know what that logo was going to look like, but right. um, it's so local, like so yes. like incredibly local that I was like, nobody's going to know what it means and they're going to have to explain it. And, and that's part of like the ambiance, I thought. Like yep. I, when I describe supper clubs, you know, out east where I'm at now, people are like, what? Like, why would you do that? Like... How is that a thing? And I'm just like, it just is. Like, it's awesome. Yes, you gotta you gotta experience to understand it. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to my to my sponsor, my boy Mike over at the Butterfly Club. Great guy. Oh. Yeah, great place. Right, my neck of the woods here in Clinton. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I think we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but. Compared to you working for the Beloit Daily News, I th- I think this job is going to have more of a life work balance, um, which not a lot of people can say that they're changing careers and going into back into baseball and saying that they're going to have more of a a life work balance there. Um, so, are you excited about that? I am absolutely. Now, I am I am not blind to the fact that the summers are going to be crazy because in addition of course to our <clears throat> our 66 Sky Carp games, we've got a number of high school games and college games and different events and so we've got kickball on Monday nights which we Ooh. we call honkball. Uh, we just rolled that out today. So there's a bunch nice. of stuff that's going to be going on. I'm going to be spending a lot of time at that stadium. Um, but uh, the flip side of that is five nights a week, you know, we're a morning paper. So that means you work at night. So I was gone pretty much every night. Um, I worked in the sports department, which, which meant I got to cover my son who was a freshman at Clinton. Okay. 
I got to cover him in a lot of stuff. And it also meant that I got, I had to miss a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was really a bummer because I've been coaching him since he was in third grade, you know, and so now I have to miss some of his basketball games. And um, so that, that's going to be the nice part is it's definitely the summers are going to be tough. But um, as anyone who works in baseball knows, once you hit September, it's not easy street for the off season, but it is a different lifestyle, more of a conventional you know, nine to five, not as many weekends or no weekends for a while. This is where you take your vacation. So I'm definitely looking forward to that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be awesome for you. Um, yeah. Like I said, not a lot of people can be like, Oh, I'm going to start working on baseball. It's going to allow more time for, with my family. So, but you were, you were working all the time. I'm, I'm forcing, I'm forcing my 15 year old to work out there with me. So I'll see him a lot. Uh, and then, uh, I'll have to make time for my other two kids too. But, but yeah, he, he's 15, so he can work out there now. So that'll be nice. What's he going to be doing? I think he's going to be on the promotions team, which as you know, is fun job, throwing t-shirts out, do wrangling kids for the in-game promotion. So that's, it's one of the better jobs out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know if you remember, but not only, you know, did we see each other at snappers games all the time, but I did work for you for one night do you remember that what did you do give it to me i i i went to uh beloit memorial versus or no no this was i can't remember i went to a high school football game and and covered football game on a friday night right yeah and you wrote a good story thanks Thank you. I absolutely remember that. You were stringer for us because, yeah, we had this one night where only one of us could get out. And, yes, you did a great job for us. I, I remember that very vividly now. Yeah, now that you mention it. It's a Friday night. Yep. yep. I, w- I wanted to keep doing it. But at that point, like, I think I think that was the day that I gave Dennis my two weeks notice. Okay. So I wanted to keep doing it. It was, it, honestly... The story wrote itself. I rem- I remember the um, the starting quarterback for one of the teams. He scrambled and he got hit hard on a tackle. And they brought him they brought him out out of the game. And after he he ran for like twenty yards. And then so they were in the red zone. And um, they brought in the backup QB. He took one snap, threw one pass. It was a touchdown. And, right. and then and then the starting quarterback came back in and played the rest of the game. So okay. it was really All an right. easy story. Yeah, so you had a good hook there right yeah, away. That's exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, I really wanted to keep writing for the for the paper, you know, one time allowed. Um, but yeah. unfortunately the you know, the timing just wasn't there. But that was a lot of fun though. Um so this is the pulling tart podcast. Are you back on the tarp crew? It's so the, the timing of this is incredible. <laughs> I started my morning today. We're recording this on a, <clears throat> a Monday, and I started my morning today with a nine a.m. tarp pull. Yes, thirty-eight degrees, windy, tarp, wet, all all weekend rain, snow. We had here mm. ridiculous snowstorm on Saturday. Wow, tarp is heavy as heck. We got about thirteen people brutal pull you've, you've done it before and i ended my day at 5 15 
tarp pull. Now this time the tarp was dry, no problem. We rolled it up, got it on the third baseline. So we're good to go and no, no rain in the forecast tomorrow. So hopefully we don't have to touch the thing, but yeah, I mean, it did not take me long to get back on the tarp crew. That's for sure. Nice. Are you, are you excited to be back on the tarp crew or are you indifferent about it? I mean, nobody's excited to be on the tarp crew, Bobby. It yeah. One of the, depending on the conditions, I mean, it's one of the worst jobs and worst things you can do because, <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you get called, you know, I've pulled, we, you know, I've done a million tarp pulls for my time because I interned for the snappers in 98. And then of course, through my four years in Greensboro, you know, you pull in some terrible conditions where it's like, if you call for it late, we've all been there where you, where you call for it too late and you can't get it on the field. Yeah. You just, it's just the wind picks up the rain and you, you can't, you don't have enough people to do it. And then you're really in trouble and your groundskeeper is really upset because he knows he's going to have a lot of, he or she knows they've got a lot of work ahead of them. So, but no, I mean, there is, there is also a sense of job well done. Yeah. When you do get it done under those circumstances, because it is like the definition of a team effort. Yeah. You know, nobody's really excited to be out there, but you got to do it. The show must go on. You got to get the tarp on the field. And regardless of what the weather conditions are, if you can do it successfully and save the game and save the gate, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, that's, I don't, I don't miss it, but the camaraderie and the team building that, that happened during tarp pulls was was fun um but yeah in, in Beloit I I remember I don't even know how we did some of them with as many people as we had uh I remember mm-hmm. especially like during the day before um like game day staff showed up we were pulling sometimes with with three four people it was not fun at all <laughs> yeah it's incredible you guys did that absolutely so, um, are you going to have to get back in, in the mascot costume? I mean, that would be, you know, that would, we'd be in dire straits if I was walking around in the mascot costume. Okay. I mean, that would be, that would be, you know, in case of emergency only type situation. Um, speaking of the mascot, so we are hoping to have our mascot suit. <laughs> I've seen renderings of it. It looks incredible supply supply chain stuff issues for us too we're hoping to have it by opening day we're not sure but people are gonna love it it's gonna be awesome what what's the mascot's name okay so that's part of it we don't have a name okay and also the fans are gonna be involved in the voting for the name so we're excited that we're excited about that too no spoilers there but uh, we got some good ones cooked up i think all right people to vote on all right i like it uh, what can Skycarp fans expect this year? Any exciting promos or concessions items? Yeah, our my boss Maria Valentine, who's the um, director of marketing, has done a, just a great job. Like we've got a bunch of like Saturday nights, we're giving something away. I think every Saturday night, tote bags, or bucket hats, or regular hats, or T-shirts. Um, Friday night fireworks. Um, there's just all kinds of stuff. There's something at Thirsty Thursdays, of course, a minor league staple. Yes. And, uh, and and we got to participate in that too. So there's just, you know, and, and honestly, that's one of the, the things I've got to really familiarize myself with 
um, is the promotional schedule and get that committed to memory because there's so much stuff. There's basically something's happening on every night and, and, um, and we've got some really cool giveaways too, that I think we're still, still working on finalizing for later in the year. So it's, um, yeah, people can just come out and expect to have a great time. It's going to be packed. I mean, there's baseball, but as you know, um, and certainly the, 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 we're committed to the Marlins organization to providing the best atmosphere um, that we can for the players, but also it's a show. Minor league baseball yeah. is a show for the fans. It's not major league baseball where, you know, there's not much going on in between innings and you're focused on the, on the guys on the field. Like this is, it's a carnival atmosphere. We're going to have as much fun as we can at the, at the ballpark. And while obviously, you know, allowing the players to do their things on the field too. Okay. Um, so obviously you spent a lot of time at the new stadium last year, um, with your prior position. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big food guy, so I, I love the snappy burger, the true Wisconsin burger. Um, but I, I know you guys got, a, an executive chef, a sous chef. What, what kind of fun concessions items were there last year and what's carrying on to this year? I mean, yeah, that's the thing is you can go, you know, if you can have an event or a group <clears throat> with, um, you know, and, and get in the club area, this is a, or if you're a member of the media, I mean, <laughs> this is a, a catered meal at, at really a, a high end catered meal. Like it's, it's incredible. If you're a fan, you know, there's just all this kind of stuff that you wouldn't normally associate. Of course, we have a standard ballpark fair, the you know the yeah. nachos and the you know and stuff. But we've also got we've got brachos, which is a combination of bratwurst and nachos. Ooh. You gotta love that. Yeah. Um, and then there's just um, right now, I think we're still in the process of of cooking up some of our latest things. In fact, we have as part of our media day tomorrow, kind of a tasting um, that uh, that we're that we're letting members of the media do and and kind of get get a, uh, a look at you know, some of the new fare we have, but, um, our chef does an amazing job of coming up with a, a bunch of different unique, unique items. And, um, it, it, if you want to go, if you want to go traditional, you can do that at the ballpark. We've, but if you want to go, you know, a little crazy, we can do that too. And then we also have local fruit food trucks that we bring in. Oh, nice. Um, which I think is a great idea. And we, we put them, you know, down the lines and stuff. And so people can visit them and give them a chance to, you know, to, um, have people try their stuff and, and also give people more variety at the ballpark. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, man, I got, I got to make a trip out there. That's, it's got to happen. You just have to Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Got to. So you were, you became pretty well known on, on Instagram and Twitter, um, during your time with the Beloit Daily News for the hashtag pick with flick. Uh, so how do you plan on keeping that alive? Well, I'm definitely, and, and that's one of the things Mr. Studer like made clear. He's like, Hey, we understand, you know, it's writings in your blood and, 
you know, if you want to still write for the paper while, you know, on your, on your time when you're not working for this guy carp, he's like, that's great. So I'm definitely going to be doing some freelancing okay. for the paper. Um, and, and keep it alive that way. But I also think there might be a way to incorporate the sky carp with the pick with flick. I don't know if it's going to be a daily thing every time we win a game, but some really fun opportunities there, because like you said, I've, they, I have kind of built this platform up yeah. um, and, uh, and people seem to enjoy it. And I certainly love doing it, being able to, you know, give some shine to whether it's local athletes or maybe we'll kind of branch out here and, and we'll see, but, but it's going to keep going. That's for sure. Okay, awesome, awesome. And let's see, we do have some listener questions here. All right, um, so Johnny Bolin asks, he, he listens every week, um, he's a big Marlins fan, so he asks, will my Sky Carp have a promotion honoring the glorious teal traditions of the Marlins? Well, as you know, Bobby, we've got a little, we've got a little teal and orange yep. thing going on, and mm-hmm. of course... You know, I'm not sure if the Marlins had a direct influence, but we do have nine more years on our PDC yeah. with the Marlins. So we're we're with them long term. So we do have a little of that Marlins flair in our logo already. I'm not sure if there's plans for any, anything more, but it's a great question. And yeah, you'll you'll definitely notice some up this year for sure. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, so as, as a fan of the team and, um, and citizen of the greater Beloit area, what was the, I guess, what was the, the feelings on going from the A's to the, to the Marlins? You know, I think pretty neutral because it wasn't like we were going from the, Brewers to the Marlins, or even the Twins. You know, when right. you know, we, I was a little, a little, oh, that's too bad, kind of thing. When we went from the Twins to the A's, yeah. because the Twins, while not in our backyard, certainly had a Midwest connection, right? I mean, it was just up in Minneapolis, and you know, there were some Twins fans around. Oh yeah, the A's completely disconnected, right? I mean, yeah. they're in Northern California, so you go from Northern California to Southern Florida, there's really no difference, right? there's not a lot of A's fans around and you know, there's not a lot of Marlins fans around. So um, the cool thing is, you know, regardless we're, you know, these guys are coming up and, and if the funny thing about baseball is, you know, just because you're, you rise up in the Marlins system, you could end up anywhere. These guys get dealt all the time. So these could be future brewers. I mean, Daniel Robertson played for the brewers last year he was a snapper. There's lots of examples uh, of that um in fact bobby wall was a brewer and then yeah. he got hurt so yeah. but he was a snapper so so that happens all the time and and the cool thing is it's just you know if if we do have fans that are those hardcore baseball fans that want to that come to see the prospects you know regardless of what team they end up with to see them climb the ladder and eventually have major league success you know for a lot of our fans that's really cool yeah really really a, a cool part of, of following minor league baseball absolutely uh, don't say that there's not any Oakland A's fans in Beloit, though. Um, I don't know how often you go to Qdoba, but the general manager at Qdoba has an Oakland A's tattoo on his forearm. There you go. Yeah. That's he, awesome. He, right. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. That's he, awesome. I don't know if he's still there, obviously, but right. um, he, he gave the team 
all kinds of discounts and stuff like that for whenever you know Emmett would order the team you know Qdoba for their post game meal or what have you. So sure, <laughs> that's cool. Um, we we already talked about this, but I got to give Ryan Christofferson a shout out. Um, he's been on the podcast before, um, and uh, he's doing he's doing a good job keeping his name in the industry. So. Um, he said, not really a question, but I was hoping for Jay Flick to tell his version of the llama story. Uh, on that note, what are some of his favorite memories and stories from the Pullman Field press box? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that um, I'm trying to think if there were any. I mean, I, I just remember just the general, you know, there was just a lot of laughs. Like we were always kidding around. I do remember <clears throat> specifically. Um, you know, from the getting a little bit of the stink eye on occasion from the visiting broadcaster when we'd get a little loud because yeah. unlike we have it now in the palatial palace of the uh, ABC <laughs> Supply Stadium press box, there is no partition. I mean, there's a partition, but it doesn't go back. Like, no. you can hear everything that everybody says. Yeah. And, you know, there were some guys, some broadcasters that I can think of that you know, weren't <laughs> that highly regarded by us because... yeah. They threw a little attitude about the condition of the Pullman Field press box, um, but uh, but yeah, we we definitely get those looks when we got a little because because I'm sure their listeners were were hearing what we were saying. Oh, it's just we're right next to them. Yeah. I mean, for sure. So we'd always kind of have to watch it, but but just a lot of laughs and camaraderie up there, and a lot of fun. And yeah, Ryan's a great guy. You know, I, I saw Ryan. I ran into him in left center field. Um, be on in the left center field walkway on opening night of abc supply stadium and we just kind of looked at each other like do you believe this like this is beloit just you know we had spent so much time together pulling field and separately too um that it it was almost unbelievable that a stadium that magnificent was was housed in in the same place just four miles away or whatever from pullman field yeah incredible absolutely incredible um not a question but former guest of the podcast and your new boss, Quint Studer, commented and said, so happy he is with us. Oh, yeah. You know, he's just the best. My first day was last week, and uh, we had a two-hour meeting with uh, Mr. Studer um, from like 11 to 1. And normally when you're like, oh, a two-hour staff meeting. But he had this great presentation. And, and you know, it's just the, the main thing is everything he, he told me and, and preached, <clears throat> you know, when we would talk. Uh, well before I was hired or they were interested in hiring me or whatever is the same things that I see within the organization now. And, and that's, that's just awesome. To, awesome to see. And, um, and yeah, like I said, I, I'm really new at this now, but, but I'm really excited for what this season and beyond holds. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited for you, man. And I can't wait to follow it. Um, follow your progress and the team's progress. Um, what 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 do you want to plug? Do you want to plug your social media? Do, you know, go ahead and where can the listeners find you? Yeah, for me personally, you can go to uh, jflick1215 on Twitter. I've got a really active Twitter account that I'll keep up and doing a, a mixture of, you know, high school stuff. I'll comment on, you know, I'm a big Packer Brewer Buck guy, an Iowa State grad, Sweet 16, Bobby, big year, <laughs> um, <laughs> out of nowhere. And then um, my Instagram is pickwithflick and uh, PIC with Flick, F-L-I-C-K. So um, they can go to that and follow me there. We'll have a lot of fun shenanigans throughout the year. And, um, and yeah, and, and as far as the social stuff, you know, 
just Beloit Sky Carp on everything. You know, yeah. look look for that because we're going to be doing some really fun, unique stuff. And as you know, Bobby, I like to have fun and uh, and not just keep everything completely serious. So we'll we'll follow through, and I'll put as much of my personality into that uh, into those accounts as I can, uh, for better or for worse, I guess. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, so I know you've listened to a couple episodes. Yeah. And and you know how how I end each episode. Uh, you know I'm, even though I messed up a couple of uh, walk up songs, um, cl- clearly with um, that one. <laughs> but I I love the um, the personality that walk up songs give. You know to to the game to the players. Um, so. I, and this can alter with you. So during your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk-up song and whose was it? Or it can be what was your favorite walk-up song that you remember from covering the Snappers all those years? Well, I think my favorite, the most unique one, was uh, September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I think I'd have to look at rosters, but it might have been Boog Powell. Remember Boog Powell? Yeah, absolutely. It's your guy. Yeah. So it might have been him, or it might have been after him. It might have been like around nineteen ish, eighteen, nineteen. Okay. Um, but that was the most unique thing because I'm like, what you know, what twenty year old these days is even aware of a song like you know September from you know Earth, Wind, and Fire from the seventies? But it was a great vibe. Like I was like, yeah, yeah you make me so happy whenever I heard it, <laughs> man. That was an awesome one. Nice, nice. Um, Jay Flick. Thank you so much for coming on the Pulling Tart Podcast. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening before the season gets started. Right around the corner, man. And you're in the the, the industry again. You got a new gig. Um, so you're super busy. I know that. Thank you so much for taking taking the time out of your evening. I really appreciate it. Oh, Bobby, it was my pleasure. It was great catching up with you. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.